Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. We want to welcome those who are online. Good morning. It's great to have you guys here or it's evening, wherever you are right now. We want to welcome you and say thanks for being part of it. We've had an incredible time of worship. Um, Annabelle, Riley, let us in worship. Those online, you missed it. I encourage you to get in the room if you're able. I did an incredible job. Incredible job. So blessed to have her. For those in the room and those online, we have a guest speaker today. Um, and it's my privilege to um, introduce him. Invite Pastor Daniel. Come on, Pastor Daniel. Come up here. Let's welcome Pastor Daniel today. Um, Pastor Daniel works with Pastor AJ at FCI, Freedom Centre International, that meet at our Preston's campus. And um, I love Pastor AJ and I love Pastor Daniel. Pastor Daniel's bit... Preaches a bit different to Pastor AJ, and I really like, really like your depth, your understanding, your heart for God. Um, tell us a bit about you, Pastor Daniel. You're a lecturer. Tell us about that, what you do. Yeah, so praise the Lord, everyone, and uh, thanks to God I'm here today. Um, and for those of you online, God richly bless you for being part of service today. Amen. So my name is Daniel, and uh, my primary profession is uh, a teacher. I lecture at the Western Sydney University. I'm originally from Ghana, but I've been here for a couple of years now. So I love the Lord, and it's exciting to be with you today. Amen. What do you, uh, yeah, amen. What do you teach at the university? Yeah, so my background is in uh, social policy, social work. So I teach social work, and I teach research methods. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Super smart. This is a whole new level up for us, isn't it? For us at the church. (laughs) Super smart. Awesome. Great to have you here. And tell us about your family. Yeah, so I, I have a beautiful wife, Yvonne, yes. and uh, two daughters, yes. uh, Deborah and Sandra, and then I have a son, Kenneth, he's, uh, he today, he's with Kenneth? me today. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. They would have, all of them would have loved to be part of church today, but they have to prepare for the other service. I understand, so, I understand. Yeah. Well, I'll let you do it, you pray, I'll... God, God bless you, thank you. All right, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, church, good morning again, and God richly bless all of us for being part of service. Um, Pastor Nathan, thank you so much for the privilege uh, uh, giving me to come and speak today. Uh, I usually don't take uh, guest speaking for granted because it takes trust and it takes a faith in God for someone to say, come and speak in my church. So thank you for uh, that invitation. And for everyone joining us online today, it's so great to have you and uh, uh, we are happy that you could be part of service today. Everyone in-house, it's an amazing day today. Amen. Uh, there are a few thoughts I want to share with you from the Word of God. And so can we just bow our heads and pray briefly, please? Everlasting Father, we are so grateful unto you for today. It's been in your design that today I will be here to speak of God. I pray that you take control over every utterance. You take control over every word, every syllable that proceeds out of my mouth, Lord. I pray that you would control my thoughts and my desires, Lord. So I pray, O oh God, for your people. I ask, O oh God, there shall be an entrance of your word. I pray for the heart of the flesh for everyone. So together, Lord, we can delve into your word, have understanding of your ways, and learn to grow with you. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's exciting for me, honestly. And uh, as uh, everything that I am today has been purely uh, by grace and nothing out of my own. 
everything I have become is purely because God has made it so. Amen. All right. Last week, I was sharing a few thoughts with uh, the church in uh, uh, Preston, and I want to uh, share similar thoughts with you. Uh, hopefully, uh, the Lord will bless the word. Shall we open our Bibles to the book of John? And I take my word from the book of John, chapter 14, and verse 7 to 9. It was a very beautiful interaction between uh, Jesus and Philip and of course the apostles uh, they, these guys have been with Jesus for a very long time but on this occasion Philip asked a very important question which everyone should be asking occasionally to try to know more about things so I read the word of God verse 7 of John chapter 14 if you had known me you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus replied, Philip, I have been with you all this time, and still you do not know me? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Amen. That was a very hard conversation because if you have been with your disciples for a long time and you, you always talk about your Father, I'm going to the Father, I'm going to prepare a place for you. You speak about your Father all the time. And now they are asking you, show us the Father. Show us the Father. Because Jesus said, well, I've been here all along. And the point is, when you see me, you have seen the Father. There is no other proof other than me. Because the Father is right here in me. Again, I think this would be very hard to understand. Because we know if there is a son, then there has to be a father. And this would have to be distinct. But Philip says, show us the Father. Amen. So what was Philip trying to do here in this uh, um, scripture? This is what I want us to think about today shortly. But before I delve into this word and come back into this word, let me give you a little bit of concerns that I have of late, which is the reason why um, I, some of the motivation for developing a sermon like this. I have been particularly concerned about what's happening in this land in terms of uh, the number of people professing the Christian faith. I got a bit alarmed in the 2021 population census, which was just out recently. And in that census, the, the proportion of Christians in this land, as we speak, is uh, 44% of the population. Okay, 44% of the population. Now, so I was just tracking to see, okay, what has happened now, from, from the 1900s, so when the Federation started, the proportion of Christians was 96%. 96%. So 96% to 44%, that's a drop of 52%, which is quite huge. Yes, admittedly, population played a role, and different kinds of people came in. But then, the number of people who are taking the box that we are Christians, the number of people identifying with Christianity is 
fast declining. So I asked myself, what's gone wrong? Where did we go wrong? What's happening to the faith we so much love? I have been concerned. And uh, I've been asking a number of questions. One, first question I ask is, why do some people so much love God, but others hate God with passion? They just don't want to hear about God. When you speak about God in certain contexts, people hate you. Why is it so? Then I also ask, okay, even those who once believed, you know, there were people who once believed, who had faith, they once believed, they once called on the name Jesus Christ. But they've stopped. Why have they stopped? What happened? Why? And for those of us who are still in the faith and, and come to church always and, and praying always, sometimes we are so weak in our thought and in our relationship with him and to the extent that we treat him like a part-time job. Okay? Today we come. The next time, if he suits us, we come. It's, it's, it's not our business. It's not our priority. Well, but you see, here is the truth. It's not all doom and gloomy. Praise the Lord. It's not all doom and gloomy. You know why? Because today you are here. Because you are here today, we still have hope. We still have hope that this faith that we profess still has life. Because you are joining us online today, we still have hope. That is future for this faith. But in all these, I have come to realize that the difference is because all of us, regardless of whichever group we belong to, whether those who hate God with passion, whether those who treat him uh, with disdain, whether those who play part-time with him, all of us have one common problem, and that problem is the problem of perspective, which is what I want to share with you. So we are different in the way we value and respect God because of the differences of perspective that we have of him. Sometimes the perspectives we, we have of God can be wrong, it can be weak, and may not be the reality. Not all perspectives of God are the reality. That is why it is important that when we have the opportunity to speak about God, to discuss God, we have to be sober-minded. We have to be kind and patient with each other when we discuss the subject of God and God's reality. Because people have different opinions and perspectives of this God that we call our Father. Amen. But ultimately, whichever spectrum you find yourself, we can all improve our perspective of God by doing a number of things. And I want to share three of those things that can improve how you see God in a better light, which then affects your attitude and your relationship with him. Because until you see God in a better light, you would continue to treat him the way you treat him. Amen. Now, so we can improve our knowledge 
of God. And by doing that, we, of course, uh, improve our perspective of him. We can also improve our perspective of him when we speak with him. We can improve our perspective of him when we have encounter with him. And I want to take these one after the other to share with you. My goal today in this discussion, in this, in this sermon, is that perhaps by God's grace, we can learn how we can improve our own personal perspective of God so that we can improve our relationship with him. Because, church, everything else we are, and the reason we are gathered here is nothing but relationship. Relationship with the Father, that's the, that's the goal. If you do have a relationship with God, you have everything else. Then he can call you my daughter, my son. He can call you, you are my child. And you can call him our Father in heaven. That is a relationship language. And that's all we are looking forward to. Amen. Now, let's, let's get back into the, the scripture that we just read in, in the book of John. Now, the first question I want to ask you, it's a reflective question. Just keep thinking about it. How much of God do you know? What, what exactly do you know about this God that you come to every Sunday and, and weekday to worship? How much of him do you know? What do you know about him? So, it happened that when Jesus and the disciples were together, Philip, being that Philip, always wanting to know more, asked Jesus, Hey, Jesus, you know, you're always talking about this father. Please, show us the father. It's not enough to just tell us about him, but show us the father. So Philip was seeking another level of knowledge. Another level of perspective of God. We want to know the truth. See, sometimes I can tell you something, okay? I can, I can tell you how something looks like, but I can help you better if I show you how it looks like. So you've told us about the Father, yeah? That's all right. Oral description, beautiful. Can we have a more tangible evidence? But you see... Jesus couldn't have produced any other tangible evidence for Peter other than himself. I said, look, I have always been with you all the time. So if you want to know the Father, that's me. As you see me, you've seen the Father. So then it means Jesus is the clamors of the Father. So as you see me, Philip, you don't really need to look out for the Father because I and the Father are one. Is right in me, I am in him. Now, beyond that, I admire Philip's uh, inquisitiveness. I admire Philip's uh, quest to know more because that is what we should be seeking to know more. That's why Paul, after all his encounter with Jesus and everything he's preached in his name and done everything in his name and healed the sick and everything, it got to a time in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, he said, that I might know him. That I might know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. That I might know him. That I might have a better perspective of him in a different dimension. That I might know him. 
He was seeking to know the Lord. And most of Paul's prayers for us is that we might know God more. How much of him do you know? What do you know about him? Amen. Now, so, all Paul was looking for is another perspective. There is so much about God we don't know. And when we don't know a lot about God, we tend to play with him anyhow. But if you do know something about God, it changes the story. I like Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. It's a very popular scripture, and we use it often, but we always use the first, the first, uh, uh, the A part of that scripture. It says that uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That is the A part of that verse. And the B part says, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Amen. Now, so how can we build this knowledge of the Holy One? What is it that is important for us to know about God, His nature, His attribute, His power, His strength, everything about Him? How can we improve this knowledge of Him to be able to help us develop better relationship with Him? I have a very good illustration from the scriptures again for you. Perhaps this can help us learn how this gentleman did it, and we can do it. Amen. And I take you to the book of Luke, chapter, chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. This was a very interesting interaction between a man named Zacchaeus and Jesus. Now, this story of Zacchaeus and Jesus is a very good illustration of how we may try or we, we could try to know more about the Lord. Now, so in this story, we were told that this man, Zacchaeus, the Bible says that he was a tax collector. He was 80. He was very wealthy. He, he was a wealthy man. He had money. So you could, you could really imagine that this is a rich man at the time, and he heard that Jesus was passing by. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to have better perspective of him. His head, his head. But he wanted to have better perspective of him, see him. But of course, Scripture says in verse 3 that because he was of sure stature and the crowd blocked his view, he could not see Jesus. Now, here's the thing. It is not because he was necessarily of sure stature. No. It was because in between him and Jesus, the crowd was there. So, your physical outlook, your physical appearance, your stature, and, and, and how you look does not disqualify you from, from God's grace and God's mercy. Your, your, your physical appearance does not disqualify you from being part of God's blessings and the privileges that come with it. What, dis, what disqualifies you and what prevents you from assessing those opportunities in God is the crowd between you and Jesus. So, Zacchaeus needed to do something to be able to see Jesus. And the Bible says that he climbed a sycamore tree. Now, he climbed a sycamore tree so that he can elevate, his, he can go above the crowd. Because when he goes above the crowd, he would improve his perspective and see Jesus better. Oh, this is how he looks. 
And so he climbed the sycamore tree to see Jesus. Now, church, here's the thing. Today, there are many people who can't see Jesus. Not because of how they look physically. There are many people who don't have good knowledge of Jesus. Not because of how they, they, their level of status in society, no. But because there is a crowd between them and the Lord. And the crowd is obscuring their view. Today, in our contemporary world, we have so much crowd. Anything that, that takes away our attention from the Lord Jesus is our crowd. You know, recently I, I, I got up one morning and I, the first thing, of course, I touched was my phone. And um, I wanted to read a few scriptures, but I touched my phone. And, you know, the feed, these days the feeds are so tempting. The social media feeds, they are so tempting. And before you realize, oh, you want to spend two minutes. You want to spend, ah, it's now an hour. Two hours, you are still on social media trying to check all the feeds and everything. This is a crowd. This is a crowd because it's taking my attention, my focus from the Lord. Anything that takes away in our contemporary world, your attention from fixing your eyes on the Lord is your crowd. And you've got to learn to go above this crowd so you can have a better view of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he climbed a sycamore tree. Today, we don't have to go about looking for sycamore tree to climb. Thankfully, our sycamore tree is the Bible. Is the word of God. Because if you want to see Jesus, then set aside everything else that takes away your attention and fix your eyes on the word. Get into the Bible. Read for yourself. Know for yourself. Understand for yourself. Thankfully today, you don't have to be someone who can read and write before you get to hear the word. You can even play it audio. When you are driving in your car, the audio is on. And, and everywhere you pass, the, you are hearing the word. Each day you hear the word, it gives you a new perspective, a new dimension, a new knowledge of God. Amen. Amen. So, church, let us lay aside the weight that easily take away God's attention from us. And let's get into seeking more of him. We can only do that by going into his word. Now, the number two thing I want to share with you uh, shortly is the... Now, it's not enough to just know God, you know, know God, but it's also important to speak with him. Because when you know him, it gives you, it stimulates your mind, so intellectual knowledge of him. But then relationship thrives when we speak together. Okay, as I talk to you all the times, we build relationships, so our relationship grows. So speaking to God constantly after you have read about him, after you have studied about him, speak with him. How much do you speak with God? The God we serve is a living God. He hears, he sees, and he responds. And so when you speak with him freely, then we generate relationship. The more I speak with you, the more I get to know you more. So if you want to develop a better perspective of God then learn to speak with him at all times, wherever you pass. Anything you do, speak with him. It even works better when whilst you're speaking with him, you are speaking with him in the context of the scriptures because you know the scriptures. So you use that to speak with him because he understands his own words as you talk to him. Amen. Now, sometimes, sometimes, our knowledge in terms of the Bible 
And our prayer in terms of uh, how we communicate with him and relationship doesn't often work. What works extremely well without any question is your encounter with him. See, God must give you a story. You know, you should have a personal experience of God. Then you can talk more boldly about him. Until, until you've seen God works for you, it will be hard when people share their encounters with you. But you see, encounters are powerful. In Acts of Apostles chapter 9, verse, uh, verse 1 to 9, when Paul, then Saul, on the way to Damascus, met Jesus, he had an encounter, and that transformed him. He gave his life to the Lord, and he worked for the Lord. He was beaten. He went through all kinds of pains and troubles. But because of his personal encounter with God, he couldn't have given up in any way. So, church, sometimes when you don't have these kind of encounters with God, you can grow weak when troubles come your way. So, encounter. Because that is a situation where God decides to show himself to you without an invitation. It's, it's God's own desire. It's, an issue. it's a product of grace that God says, that, no, I, I have to do something for you to know that I am your God. And he comes through for you. That, that is the climax of building a, a permanent relationship with the Lord. Because of my personal encounter with the Lord, you cannot convince me otherwise about his reality or, or anything about him because I believe and I know that God is and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What's your story? What's your encounter? What's your experience? As I bring my word to a close shortly, brothers and sisters, there's more in God that we should know. And there is more in God that could benefit us if only we spend some time in his word, learn to talk with him without being asked to do that. And ask him to give us encounters. And my prayer for you, for everyone today, those of you online joining us today, is that God should give you your own story. And this story will change you forever. May God bless all of us. Amen. So on the, for online, uh, onlineers, we would uh, want to say thank you so much for being part of service today. We love you and uh, we so much cherish you. Thank you. We would be uh, relieving you shortly and then we can uh, continue with the service here. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.